0: Welcome back to Beck Daily, presented by BetMGM, Eddie Cross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And joining us now to talk about Week 10 of the NFL slate is Jason Logan, Senior Industry Analyst from Covers.com and host of the Sharp 600 podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, Jason. We greatly appreciate it. So in our last segment, uh, we had a battle royale among the three of us. Uh, specifically with the Lions and the Chargers game. Contest (laughs) picks, and for some reason, all three of us landed on that game. But uh, Aaron and Joe picked the Lions. I, of course, uh, went with the Chargers. Would you like to help settle this debate for us?
1: All right. I also took the Chargers, plus three. This market moved to plus three yesterday. I am just not overly sold on Detroit kind of saw them get their pants pulled down against quality competition against the Ravens. And then they've beaten up on some just like really bad teams and bad quarterbacks as well, too. Like, you know, they've what, taken down – I'll do the rundown here. So they've played Atlanta, beat Atlanta. Oh, okay. After beating up the shorthanded Chiefs in week one, let's just, let's not put week one results into the mix here. Atlanta, Green Bay, Carolina, oh. Tampa Bay, and Las Vegas. So those <laughs> just teams ignore are combined the best win. 50, those people, <laughs> well, it's, yeah, but it's like they were missing the two best players and and the Chiefs right, just had, fair. they were butterfingers. I'm not putting too much weight into it. Uh, those teams <laughs> that they have beaten beside the Chiefs, 15 and 27 straight up on the year, combined record. Uh, for the Chargers, of course, the Chargers are the Chargers, so you're always treating them with uh, a little bit of caution. But we're seeing improvement from this team. The offense is starting to pick it up under this new offensive coordinator in Kellen Moore. They're doing really well inside the red zone, scoring at one of the highest TD percentages in the league. Detroit, they roll out the red carpet when it comes to teams in the inside their own 20-yard line. They've given up a lot of touchdowns. And then this Chargers pass rush. Finally, healthy getting after the quarterback. Uh, I, I kind of like where LA is trending. I think the market is down on them because we saw such a slow start, but I, I think there's a lot more to this Chargers team, and I think we could see that at home. Uh, catching a field goal,
2: all right. Never thought I'd see the day where I actually sort of defend the Detroit Lions because I've just been so sick of it for so
1: long. There's <laughs> but, a lot uh, to like about like they're six and two, they always cover, la, 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 they're gonna have a great record. Look at the rest of the but schedule they, too. They, but like, have a group look guys. at what they've done against quality quarterbacks. They've given yeah. up a ton of passing yards, a ton of touchdowns. And then it's like, okay, you've beaten Jordan Love and Jimmy G and Desmond Ritter. Like I, I'm pretty sure I could, you know, probably hold those guys to under two hundred yards. So
2: can't wait to fade them in the playoffs, right? Um, here's one that yeah, yeah. that we do Which used agree to be the with. Chargers
1: bet that used to be the Chargers play. You yeah. would fade the Chargers where they made the playoffs, right?
2: Yeah, but they won't make it this time. So that's the. <laughs> <laughs> the uh I I like your angle with Tennessee, Tampa Bay. This makes a mm. lot of sense. I I last time when I just went over uh, my thought process on this. Why Why do you like the uh, the Titans on the road in this spot?
1: I think things are kind of up and up for Tennessee, despite a 2-3 and three record over the last few weeks. Uh, they've outgained four of their last five opponents. They're coming off this mini-buy, so they have kind of a 10-day stretch to get things right. And then I love the fact that Rabel went out and committed and said, Will Levis is our starting, starting quarterback for the rest of the season. I think that mm-hmm. is a huge nod to that young guy. It gives him a ton of confidence. He's much better than Ryan Tannehill and gives this passing game a little pop-pop. He can throw the ball downfield. We're seeing him up there the last two starts up there in terms of air yards, taking on a Tampa Bay defense that just got torched by another rookie QB and C.J. Stroud. They're giving up a, a lot of home run balls. Um, Jamal Dean, the one of their top corners, questionable for this week as well, too. And, uh, yeah, just I kind of like the way that things are trending for Tennessee right now. I think this is a tipping point for this team. And uh, my power ratings actually had them favored by one and a half points in this game. And that was before any adjustments for the mini buy or any secondary injuries for Tampa Bay. So I like the Titans this week. I think there, there's some positive things happening there.
2: Will the fun with Las Vegas continue? You've got Antonio Pierce there. Now they're smoking cigars after the win, or is this just all fake news and the honeymoon comes to an end against a pretty bad jets team offensively however we still have to give some credit to the defense what are you expecting in this matchup and it's basically like a pick i'm seeing um jets minus one should they be favored
1: yeah uh i don't i don't necessarily have a bet on this game but i will say i did highlight it in my spot bet article that i do each week i love situational handicapping because i find there's some edges that you can kind of fold into things that may not be accounted for and this is like one of the biggest letdown spots of the year you have A wild week for the Raiders in which they fire uh, McDaniels, they fire the GM, they bring in um, Antonio Pierce. All this talk about what's happening in the locker room, the team rah-rahs around them. They go and beat up on the Giants who are, you know, they had a third stringer out there. The Giants are a bad, bad team right now. Um, I just think this is a a perfect spot for them to just fall flat on their face. And uh, against the Jets, The thing is, uh, Las Vegas' defense, not necessarily, um, you know, a dangerous defense by any means. They play a deep shell coverage. They allow uh, teams to kind of pick them apart underneath. I think that works all right for Zach Wilson if he is going to be the quarterback for the Jets this week. Uh, We'll see. Um, But I think that works well for them. It works well for, um, you know, Brees Hall to get going as well, too. And then you've got uh, Aiden O'Connell going against this Jets defense, which is legit and keeping them in game. While I don't have a bet on this one, I would definitely be leaning towards the Jets just because of those matchups and what I expect is a big letdown spot for Las Vegas.
0: Jason, one of my approaches uh, for week 10 is almost looking at this week as a bit of an inflection point when it comes to looking at the bad NFL teams, because there's certainly Mm -hmm. a couple we can rattle off, notably, say, the Arizona Cardinals, where maybe it's more about information gathering and knowing what you have and what you need going forward. Maybe those should be the bigger priorities than, say, winning football games. And specifically, I want to apply this to the Cowboys being 16 and a half point favorites against the New York football Giants. When you look at a spread that massive, is it time to say, you know what? The Giants have bigger things to worry about than trying to keep this game close against the Cowboys in that vaunted pass rush. Is that a fair way to look at a game like this,
1: even though the spread is massive? Yeah, and we did see this one go from 15 as high as 17 and a half. There's been buyback, went down to 16, floating around 16 and a half. It's the biggest spread so far this year. And the Cowboys, I think people look at what the Cowboys did to them in week one. They did score two of those touchdowns on special teams and defense as well, too. So some of those points came from something other than the offense. And Dallas at home is extremely explosive. One of the best team total over bets over the last, what, three, four seasons. They're 21 and 8 in their last 29 home games over their team total. Uh, just night and day from when they play on the road, especially when it comes to Dak Prescott. The biggest thing that gets me when you have a spread this big is Dallas kind of slowing it down in the second half and running it against a bad run defense. Um, I stayed away from the big spread here. I went with Jake Ferguson, the tight end, to have over 36 and a half yards uh, receiving in this one. This is a guy that started the season pretty slow. He was second year tight end stepping in for Dalton Schultz who left in free agency and he was dropping a lot of balls early on and now he's starting to find his footing he's coming off a game against the Eagles a career day against the Eagles in which he saw a high in snaps he saw a high in targets he had 90 plus receiving yards he scored a touchdown if you go back to the week one game against the Jets or sorry, the Giants and that very blitz happy defensive attack. He was targeted a team high seven times in that game. He only caught two balls. He only had 11 yards, but this is a guy who's coming around now. Uh, I expect him to go over 36 and a half. My number was closer to 40. Some of the ceiling projections out there were like 40, 45. He's also taking on a team that's given up a lot of uh, yards, two tight ends, a lot of touchdowns to tight ends, as well as uh, they're bad in terms of yards allowed after the catch. And um, Jake Ferguson, a guy that can... Put the, put the uh, that beef in motion and pick up those extra yards after contact when he catches those balls. So I, I like him to go over there. Tony Pollard to score a touchdown is probably a, a good angle as well, too. He was like plus 120 to find the end zone. He scored two against them last time. I expect him to run a lot in this game. He's a guy who can catch the ball, run it in, handoff, run it in. So I like Tony Pollard to find the end zone as well. At uh, Like I said, I think it was around plus 120 on.
2: Uh, Jason, this Houston-Cincinnati matchup, a couple of uh, hot quarterbacks and a couple of injury reports that look ugly. We'll we'll see what happens over the next couple of days. But it's gotten out mm. to seven, the Bengals as the favorite. Are they looking ahead to, to Baltimore next week? Maybe. Uh, yeah. what, what's your angle here?
1: Uh, so I, I did take Houston plus seven. I wish I bet them plus eight and a half. Again, this was a game that I did feature in my spot bet article because this is a really tough situational spot for Cincinnati. You're coming off that big win over over Buffalo. You're sending a message across the league that you guys are back. And then you have Baltimore, not only next week, but on Thursday night football. So four days removed from this game, you're going to be playing your biggest divisional rival. Uh, You're looking to get back in that hunt in the AFC North. And then Houston is just one of these teams that keep fighting no matter what. They're a rah-rah team around D'Amico Ryans. And they've actually been one of the better second half offenses and one of the best fourth quarter offenses. So I think with a spread this big, cincinnati if they get up large maybe they start pulling guys and resting guys chase is banged up was it T. higgins as well was on the injury report there yesterday um yeah. you know the, they're going to need those bodies to beat baltimore so i could definitely see cincinnati taking their foot off the gas in the second half it reeks of greasy backdoor cover so if you can get seven seven and a half <laughs> about, like i see this this market uh, is just it's slimming down what six and a half seven right now Yep. yeah so i took what I another houston plus seven
2: Okay. Okay. I like it.
1: And that that offense is like it's not blowing the doors off anyone. They have a lot of injuries, but Stroud just kind of taking what the defense gives them. So.
2: Yep, I agree. Any other spreads that we haven't touched on that you like?
1: Hmm. He loves Thursday night football. you. You love it, don't you? Bears. Yeah. yeah, this is why we have sports betting for there's a night football. I took uh, to Harvard over 40 and a half rushing yards. Um, He is taking on a Bears defense that is very good against the run. But if you do look at the Bears kind of lineup of opponents, they played some kind of putt put running games as well, too. So I think maybe some of those rushing stats yeah. might be a bit inflated teams that are like 30, 31st, basically 19th or worst rated out in EPA per handoff. Um. And Carolina, with Thomas Brown now calling the plays, they're trying to find some balance on offense. They were passing a lot because they were falling behind so quickly. It happened last week. Hubbard only had, I think, 46 yards on 16 carries. But Thomas Brown wants to find balance. I don't think Chicago is the offense right now that is going to jump out to the big lead that we've seen against Carolina. So I think the opportunity is going to be there to run the football without consequence. So I covered to have, like I said, over 40 and a half. It's not a massive day. Uh, But a lot of the projections painting even closer to like 65, 70 yards for him. So uh, that's what I do have for that game is a cheaper Hubbard over. I think it's bouncing between 40 and a half, 41. It was the size 43 and a half. What are some other props that stand out to you for this week? I got a couple weird ones. So I got, (laughs) I got, I have a Saints in Minnesota to have over three and a half field goals made. It was even money out there. The narrative essentially makes sense though. You have, Josh Dobbs stepping in for Minnesota at home. Um, You know, not knowing this offensive playbook very well, he's able to make some magic last week, but I think we'll see this offense stall out against a very good Saints team. So that could lead to more field goal attempts. And we have seen Minnesota average 3.3 field goal attempts over their last three games. And the Saints, they're second in field goal attempts uh, on the season. Again, an offense that, you know, has these weapons. They're able to move the chains, but they stink on third downs. They stink in the red zone. They're getting a little bit better. But again, leaning towards field goal attempts so and it's an indoor game in minnesota as well too there's no rain or wind or anything playing with it i like the value uh it was at, at even money so over three and a half field goals made for the saints and the vikings A bet that, that people probably didn't even know existed uh jason <laughs> NFL totally. existed. we're cheering for field goals Woo!
2: yes hey fine uh, well you know what that's been happening a lot this year because unders keep on yep. hitting this year. Uh, you've yeah, been talking sure, about it sure. over at covers, I'm sure. And I mean, it's for us. I think it's the biggest NFL betting story. It's like when is this going to turn? Now it's normal to have all these totals in the 30s, and it's high if you see a 46 or a 47. Mm. We got a couple of those this week. Like, whoa, that's getting out there. Um, mm-hmm.
1: wh- when are when are overs going to hit? yeah i mean i've I've been doing this for a while now and generally things like this do balance out specifically when it comes to these trends in nfl because people catch up to them and we have seen the betting markets working totals down and down and down i think there will come a time where it's going to be a tipping point and you will see value on the over because books just kind of have to adjust to what's happening um when that happens i don't know wait for one of those weeks in which we have a lot of games indoors because those indoor games definitely, it's a faster, quicker track. Uh, take I haven't taken a good look at this week's schedule. I know there's not a whole lot of bad weather out there. But I think that's probably where you're, where you're going to see overvalue start to bubble up is when teams are playing indoors. and Getting out of the, kind of that cold November, December weather. Uh, but mm-hmm. like anything in sports betting, it, it tends mm-hmm. to balance out over the course of the season. So I would expect soon, Joe. Jason Logan, Senior Industry Analyst from
0: Covers.com and host of the Sharp 600 Podcast. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, guys. Thanks for having me, and good luck. Thank you so much. Good luck to you as well. Yeah, Joe, it it is hard to kind of decipher, okay, when is the time where we're going to get to these overs? Because you know it'll happen eventually, but if we continue to have all these young quarterbacks and all these, you know, third stringers playing,
2: maybe it won't happen. Maybe, maybe like tonight. It's like we'll go over in lightning bets. It's like no chance am I going to bet an over? I'm not really looking at any overs right now. That I, that's that's where I'm at as far as that goes. It's under. I know.